Let's hope so. Let's hope the trend continues. We were just saying this should be a pretty quick episode today. I think we can get in and get out about five minutes. I think the Bengals are going to win this one by about 20. Uh, what say you? Yeah, I, 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 um, I'm so confident that I took Bengals minus 13 instead of minus 10 and a half. I, I, I put the spread up a little bit. Two touchdowns I think is very reasonable. A little alternate line action. All right. Well, that's the episode for this week. Uh, not too much to say. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, in all seriousness, uh, week eight in the NFL, um, Bengals jets on Sunday in MetLife stadium at the Meadowlands. Um, we can both agree right off the bat that this is a game that the Bengals should win handily. Uh, I'm going to say one name. It's Mike white. That is who is starting for the jets this week. Uh, if you're not familiar with Mike white, um, I was not. Yeah, quarterbacked at Western Kentucky. Um, oh. Yep, um, part of their air raid system. Um, he's not good. Um, so I listened to another Bengals podcast. Uh, they had a Jets guy on, and he was talking about how Mike White is scared to throw the ball more than five yards down the field. So if in any way, shape, or form the Bengals lose this game, I'm out forever, and I'm gonna I'm going to be picking a new fandom. Cause I can't do it. I can't lose to Mike white when we're as hot. I can't do it. Yeah. So Mike white is kind of like um, the ugly stepsister in Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like you said, to, to put it nicely, he's not a very good NFL quarterback. Um, and so I think we should expect to see a lot of good things. Well, a lot of low point totals from the jets on Sunday. Yeah. I think, if we get into a game by some miracle of the gods for the Jets, if we get into a game where the Bengals have to outscore the Jets, then there is a serious problem with something that the Bengals are doing on defense. Because not only is Mike White their starting quarterback this week, Makai Becton is also out. He's been out for them. That's their best offensive lineman. He's out. They're starting, I believe, well, they've got Elijah Vera Tucker starting up front, uh, a rookie. And, you know, we've seen the Bengals' defensive line sort of dominate now for the past couple of weeks. So the story should be no different on Sunday. Absolutely no different. I think, you know, for the Bengals' D-line, it's not only the interior that should dominate. It, it Trey Hendrickson should have a field day. He should have an app. And him and Sam Hubbard – now, Sam Hubbard's not – 
I mean, we've talked about this before. He's not a pure speed rusher. He got two and a half sacks last week, but it was more because of, you know, the D line's containment of, yep. of Lamar. He's not going to beat you off the outside with speed. Yeah. Um, but Trey Hendrickson does do that. Yeah. And I think Trey Hendrickson should have a, at least a sack, at least one. Um, and he should con- continue his high pressure rate. Um, one of the highest in the NFL so far. Yeah. I think if I were looking for a couple of things to see out of the Bengals defense against what is just a downright terrible offense, those things would be, you know, just maintaining that high level of play and just not having any blown coverages like we saw against Green Bay and um, just sort of maintaining that gap integrity and making sure that everything's working well leading towards next week's matchup against the Browns, not overlooking the Jets, uh, well, actually, I am overlooking the Jets, um, but they are not. And so I would like to just see, you know, incremental improvement on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think it's great that Eli Apple is going to have a sort of a homecoming game at MetLife. You know, he didn't play for the Jets, but uh, he's going to be back at MetLife for the first time since he played for the Giants. And then the other thing that I think is going to be really important to watch this week is if we see um, Khalid Kareem. Um the Bengals have said he's been looking okay uh, coming back to practice, uh, even though he's been on IR. And remember, I mean, I know it was a preseason game, but that Dolphins preseason game, he had a really good set of snaps in that preseason game. So I think it'd be great if they were able to work him into the rotation uh, at some point this week. But all in all, I think we should expect a, a very dominant defensive performance from the Bengals on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And and also, you know, to, to counter that with kind of the offensive side of the ball, um, if the defense dominates, I, I, I'm really expecting, you know, a, a Lions type game. You know, it, the defense is going to play well. Um, I'm hoping the offense doesn't start out as slow. But I think that, you know, the good defensive possessions that they're going to have, and I think they're going to get a couple turnovers from Mike White. Um, he showed that in just, what, two and a half quarters. He threw two picks against the Patriots. Now I get it, Patriots defense, Bill Belichick's awesome. But they were running a lot. They were already up by 30. So they were running a lot of, you know, very basic looks. He still threw two picks. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking the defense could set up the offense for some easy touchdowns this week. And um, I think it's a stat padding game, uh, potentially for the offense. Yeah, it will be really interesting to see sort of what their approach is as far as if they get up by a lot of points, sort of what their attitude is towards resting guys. Uh, which, I mean, it's almost unheard of in the NFL to go on the road and win three games in a, in a row on the road. Nonetheless, having the potential to win all of these games by double digits on the road, um, you know, I, I think that might be getting out ahead of our skis a little bit, but I think it's rightful to expect that the Bengals at this point should beat this Jets team by 10 plus. And, and you know, you, you said you took the Bengals minus 13. I, I don't blame you. I only took them at eight and a half before it went up to 10 and a half. But the way that this team is acting this week and the, and the way that this team just oozes a certain cerebral ability, I am not worried about them laying an egg in this game like I would be with the Andy Dalton-led Bengals and the Marvin Lewis-led Bengals just because it kind of felt like that ship was a little disorganized and a little too much run by the players who may have had sort of uh, bad motivations at some point, Vontez perfect, et cetera, et cetera. feels like we're in a place now where we've got Joe Burrow and Trey Hendrickson and Jesse Bates leading the respective sides of the ball. 
And I'm just not worried about an attitude being, oh, we're going to come in and roll the helmets out and win by 20. Yeah. And um, that attitude is very dangerous to have um, if you don't have the players to back it up. And I think the Bengals finally have those types of players to back it up. And also at the beginning of the year, if I told you that potentially if they do their job on Sunday, the Bengals will use their backups in the fourth quarter for the third week in a row. If I told you that before the year, I wouldn't have believed my, I wouldn't have believed myself. And, yeah. I, and I would have thought it would have been the other way. I, that's what I was going to say. I yeah. could have believed it because I would have said like, well, yeah, I mean, you look at Pittsburgh, Green Bay and Baltimore. I could, have seen, blown out. I could have seen all three of those games just being a blowout to the point where we're like mercy pole or mercy bench of Burrow. But, you know, I digress in looking at the stats for this weekend, the Jets, we're not exaggerating how statistically terrible this team is. They are 32nd in DVOA uh, in the NFL, and they are a whole six percentage points lower than the team that is higher than them on this list. Their offense is it, – it, it rivals that rookie year Jeff Fisher, Jared Goff, Rams. Uh, it's bad. It's they really have, bad. They have no receivers. It doesn't look like Tevin Coleman's going to play on Sunday – which, I mean, Tevin Coleman's Tevin Coleman, but that limits their options in the backfield. So it's going to be Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. Good God. Uh, and then at receiver, they have Denzel Mims, Elijah Moore. Denzel Mims doesn't even play. So Corey Davis. Corey Davis, okay. Crowder. Um, <laughs> now, to be, now, okay, now, to be fair, on a real NFL team, uh, Jameson Crowder would be a good three yeah. and Corey Davis would be a good two, but yeah. neither of them are a one. No. Neither. And they don't have a real tight end. And we just went over the fact Mike White probably shouldn't even be the backup quarterback on most NFL teams. Yeah. So um, the, the Jets guy I was listening to today also said he's not sure if Mike White got cut right now that he would be on any roster, active or practice squad. Yeah, it it's really bad. And that almost makes me think like the Bengals could sleepwalk through this game and win by 10 just based on how bad the Jets are. But flipping it to the other side of the ball, the Jets' defense is not bad. Objectively, it's not bad. Their secondary is terrible, but their front seven is really good. Yeah, yeah. No, their defense on paper isn't that bad, but it's really, really hard as a defense. And we've known this in the past. Um, It's really hard for a defense to get going when your offense can't score points. Yeah. I I mean – up front, they have Quinnen Williams and John Franklin Myers, who are both very solid players and who could cause the Bengals a lot of problems up front. Quinn, Quinn and Williams could have a game. Yeah, uh, a lot of problems up front, specifically uh, at that right guard center gap. Um, you, you know, Trey Hopkins is still resting his knee a little bit, which I think if they do get up a lot, you see him pulled immediately just to keep giving him that rest schedule. Uh, I mean, technically, he probably shouldn't even be playing right now. Well, that, I agree. I, I was going to ask you, would you be fine with Trey Hill starting at no, center? No, okay. not against this D-line. If okay. the, I would say that if the Jets were what they were, but they had like, I don't know, the, the Jacksonville defense or um, – you, you could even say the Lions. The Lions defense. I would be fine with putting Trey Hill in there as the starting center. But against Quinnen Williams and John Franklin Myers and what Robert Sala likes to do on defense, which is sort of akin to what Wink Martindale does, but not exact, 
you need a guy up there that can communicate and call out the pressures and do all that stuff. And by no means am I wanting to risk Joe Burrow in a game like this with Trey Hill at center. Doesn't mean I don't have faith in Trey Hill, but he should not be starting at center in this game. No, I I, I 100% agree with you. I I was going to say the same thing. I think you play – um, you play Trey Hopkins for as long as you have to, and then and then you go from there. Yeah, I mean, realistically, you've got these next two weeks, and you know, next week is the Browns, and we'll talk about that after this game's over. But you got these next two weeks, then you get the bye week, yep. and that's going to be big for Trey Hopkins. I think if you can at all find some time to rest him this week, and then he can just go balls to the wall next week, and then he's got a week off heal up that knee a little bit more. I think you, maybe we start to see a new Trey Hopkins later on in the season, uh, sort of once he gets uh, a little bit healthier, but going back to the discussion. So the Jets front seven is good. It looks like CJ Mosley will play this weekend, which is big for their defense. Um, Jared Davis might play for them this weekend. Don't know yet on that situation, big linebacker they signed, but their back end is downright horrendous. Yeah, it should be. Um, I, I, and I'm realistically this week, I could see the Bengals having trouble running the ball, but by no means, and I mean, by no means should Joe Burrow have a problem throwing the football, especially with our weapons. And, you know, we, we talked about Quinn and Williams and John Franklin Myers. They're good. You know, they're, they're good in the middle, but they don't have any edge rushers. So it's not like they're going to be sending a ton of quality, quality pressure. So I think, um, you know, I think the receiver should have a big game this week. And I also think CJ Uzama is a sneaky, sneaky fan duel play. Um, I think he could have a big week again um, against their, you know, linebacker safety hybrids that are going to have to try to guard him. Yeah. And then it also looks like maybe Quincy Williams won't play, who's one of their uh, starting linebackers. So uh, TBD on that. But I also, just looking at their depth chart right now, I forgot that they signed Sheldon Rankins. Yes, they did. Their D-line is like actually pretty quality interior D lines quality. Um, and then yeah. we can't, we can't forget. And I circled this one on our calendar because we would have faced our old boy, Carl Lawson, uh, but he tore his Achilles in the preseason. But I think if they had him, I know this is an if, but their D line really wouldn't be that bad. Like they're building something there on their D line. Like it's not terrible. And their linebackers aren't terrible with CJ Mosley. It's just yeah. right. their back end is bad. Yeah. Bad. I- you know, just talking about it sort of in an all-encompassing manner, if this, if the Jets had Zach Wilson in this game, I would be a little bit more worried just because of his ability to sort of do yeah. some of that off-platform stuff. And, you know, I am not at all equating him to Aaron Rodgers, but you saw the Bengals sort of struggle with Aaron Rodgers and his ability to sort of maneuver in the pocket and sort of get out and do some of that off-platform stuff. So I'd be much more worried about this game if he, if Zach Wilson was playing. But if you're telling me that Mike White and this absolute cast of nobodies that they have on offense and in the defensive secondary is going to win this game, um, one, it's very telling about who we thought the Bengals were if they lose this game because everything goes by the wayside. Yeah, I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago, um, and I don't remember if it was on here or privately, but – you know, the national media, uh, I know we, we said we don't give a shit what the national media thinks anymore because they weren't on the bandwagon before. And if they're going to act like they were now, um, you know, just screw them. They're actually on, they, everyone really thinks the Bengals are contenders now. And I don't, first of all, I don't like that um, because I like kind of like being the underdog. 
Second, yes. of, second of all, if the Bengals lose this game, they will have absolutely no credibility no matter what they do the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a quick sidebar to that, it's not that we weren't willing to welcome them on the bandwagon, and it's not that we don't want them on the bandwagon now. It's just yeah. that we heard all of these comments yep. for two years about how Cincinnati's quarterback wasteland. The Bengals will never be successful with Joe Burrow because they don't know how to use him. We heard a litany. I mean, we, we could rewrite the Declaration of Independence with how many. Just from Mike Florian. Just, just from Mike. Or Mike Tannenbaum. Or literally give me any journalist, and they've probably smeared Cincinnati at some point. And I think we referenced this. Maybe I FaceTimed you about this. Uh, last week during the Baltimore game, James Brown on CBS goes, well, maybe Joe Burrow would get more national attention if he didn't yep. play in Cincinnati. What the hell is that supposed to mean? I get what he's trying to say, that Cincinnati is a small market. It's your job as the media to give the guy attention. So well, I don't know. It, it, it's their job to give the number one seed in the AFC attention. Yeah. Also, also to be fair, um, that just makes no sense because if you're telling me Buffalo with the, as much attention they're getting is a big market, you're on something because Josh Allen's been getting a lot of buzz and he plays in Buffalo. You know what? I I've, I've been uh, in this mode probably since the middle of the off season, which by the way, I got to go back and redraw my Bengals optimism season chart because hey, we're, I, we're at I, exponential I, levels I, right now. I think I owe you an apology um, for our preseason predictions. I, I, I wanted to say it on here. I owe you an apology. Did I say we were going to the playoffs in the preseason? Yeah, you did. You did. Um, and I want, I want to apologize because I said you were stupid, and I want to apologize. And uh, you're absolutely right. I'm, 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 I'm chugging the Kool-Aid. Oh, the, the, I, I, ripped, I went to Kroger and bought 18 packs of Kool-Aid after that Ravens game. <laughs> so I'm, I'm well, drinking all the Kool-Aid. Grape, I, orange, cherry, um, sour apple, I'll, I'll all be, of it. I'll, I'll be there with you if we win these next two games. If we beat the Browns at home before the bye – I'll buy you a truck full of Kool-Aid. Um, but yeah, getting back to the Jets, and, and, and this game is especially one of those that they should not lose because the Bengals are uh, suspiciously healthy right now. Knock on, you better knock on the nearest piece of wood that you can find. You hear me knocking on my wood here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm knocking on my wood. It looks like Chris Evans will be the only guy that doesn't go this week. And that's fine. That's fine. And that's fine. Um, call up Travion Williams from the practice squad and he can give you similar reps. Um, but I mean, you look at the Bengals injury report, you have five guys on the injury report this week. That is remarkable. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it is not good because I think it portends to something bad happening these next two games as far as injury luck goes, but we're not going to think about negatives uh, on this. Yeah. Podcast. And to be fair, um, what, so we, I don't know if we've talked about the magic number. What do you think the magic and, and, and it's jets week. So there's not really much to dive into. It's Mike white, but so let's, let's move on to this. Um, Could you think of a more generic name for a quarterback? Can you, and he's six, four, two That is like the, the most generic quarterback ever. Six, four, two Mike white. Let me look up a picture of this guy. What do you think that what? Yeah. Oh, oh he's, he's a pasty fella. Um, pastier than me. Oh my God, that's that's the moon. He, he, yeah. What do you think the magic number is for the Bengals to get in the playoffs? Ten. He blends in with his white jersey. Yeah, he does. What do you think the magic number is? Ten. Um, 11? I would say eleven. Not not win the division. 
not win the division. I'd say 10. I'd say 10 because I think let's project out a little bit. I think if you're six and two after this week, then you got to go. What's that? You're eight. You're at eight games. You got to go four. You have four and five the rest of the way. You got, you got four, three division games at home. And then you also have the 49ers at home who they look terrible. And you have the chiefs at home who I know you're a chiefs guy. They also look downright (laughs) terrible. Oh, oh, they look downright bad. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. So I think 10 wins is the magic number, especially given the fact that I don't have a lot of faith in the Browns being able to get to 10 wins right now, nor the chiefs, the Raiders maybe, but I I mean, who have they played the last two weeks? So I'm not all in on this rich, rich Basaccia hype yet. I, I think the Raiders and Bengals are very comparable right now because peop, they're five and two, um, but people real, aren't really sure. I think Derek Carr's legit, um, but they don't have a receiver. Like they don't have the receiving core like the Bengals have. They have Darren Waller, but he's a tight end. Um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm just trying. I'm, I'm asking that just because um, I'm trying to project a little bit, but it's hard to project when you know, injuries happen, stuff like that. Remember like before the season, we saw their schedule second half and we were like, we don't know if we, they can win one game. You remember that? I mean, yeah. we were very pessimistic and now, and even, but here's the thing I was, so I was listening to a PFF thing today. They said the Bengals have the second hardest schedule remaining. And I don't see that. And I really, I really don't see that. All right. So I'm looking at the schedule for everybody that's still in the division. Uh, and I guess I should pull up the Steelers schedule, even though, which sidebar, who should we be cheering for this weekend? Steelers or Browns? That's a great question. I'm going to go Steelers. I'm going to be rooting for the Steelers just because um, I think the Steelers fall off. I really do. Remember how they fell off the second half last year? Big Ben, I don't think, can play a full season anymore. Yeah, the Steelers' December schedule is really difficult. So let's take a look at this. So the Steelers are 3-3 three and three right now. Um, they've got Browns, Bears, Lions – and then they've got Chargers, Bengals, Ravens, Vikings, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, Ravens again. So they've still got five division games left, three of those being on the road. And in December alone, they have to – December slash January, they have to play the Ravens twice. They play the Titans in a – late. oh, Derrick Henry might murder their defense. Uh, and then they got to play the Vikings at Minnesota on a Thursday night. So I think it's safe to say that the Steelers, even if they do win on Sunday, I still don't think they're that much of a threat in the division. Um, Just given how many difficult games they still have left to play. Now switching to the Browns, I am going to be cheering for the Browns this weekend. Okay. And because if they do beat the Steelers, which I think they will just because it's at home, they're at home. I get it. And I don't think the Steelers are still that good. They've beaten two backup QBs basically in their last two wins. Yeah. Even though Teddy starts, he's basically a backup. Oh, Ted, just between you and me and, and all of our listeners, all t- 100,000 of them, uh, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater has a pool noodle for an arm. He, <laughs> his arm is about as strong as, I don't even know, insert Mike White, about as strong as Mike White's. So, um, sorry, keep going. Yeah, so the Browns, after they play the Steelers this week, they still have four division games left. And so the Bengals are, are in a really nice spot. And we'll talk about their, their remaining schedule in a second here. 
But after this week, the Browns come to Cincinnati, obviously, next week. Then they go at Patriots, which is a little bit of a frisky game. Patriots have been frisky. They get the Lions at home. Then they go at Ravens by week, home Ravens. And then their last four games are Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. That's a tough, that's a tough stretch. Yeah. That really is. And I think it's good the Bengals play them the last week of the year. Um, because that's after the culmination of playing all those teams. I mean, yeah. that's four hard weeks in a row. Yeah. And then looking at the Ravens schedule, I think they probably have, I, I would say that I think the uh, Ravens and Browns have the hardest schedule left and then the Steelers just because the Ravens last five games, the Ravens last six games are at Steelers at Browns home Packers at Bengals Rams at home and then home to the Steelers. Dear God, <laughs> yeah, that's it. So all of that discussion about scheduling is a roundabout way of saying that this division is right there for the taking for the Bengals. It absolutely is. It's it. And I know it's, cliche they're both five and two to say the destiny is in their hands but i mean technically control their own destiny not 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 now also i've been seeing this 75 percent chance 74 percent chance to make the playoffs nonsense i'm not buying into any of that because the reds had like a what an 82 percent chance to make the playoffs this year i'm not i don't care about percentages the Bengals are not the reds do not equate those two in the least because the, the Bengals have competency for some reason at key positions on the field. Yeah, who knew who? Yeah, I, I agree. Who knew that out of all the owners, Mike Brown would change his ways at the young age of 87. Who he's changing his ways. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy how spending money actually works out. It's um, also crazy. Think about this. If they would have done this 20 years ago, imagine their franchise. If they would have actually like put resources 20 years ago, you know what? Joe Burrow's both going to win a Super Bowl and build an indoor facility for the Bengals. So I mean, let's hope so. Um, but what I was saying, um, the, this is totally in the Bengals' hands right now. Okay, their next four games are against teams that, when we looked at the schedule before the season, we said, eh, I mean, they could probably win some of these games. But, I mean, you, you look at this stretch, the two games before the bye, the two games right after, you say, I mean, they probably go two and two. We're looking at this right now. They should probably go 4-0. Yeah, the Raiders game, I think, is iffy. I think the Browns game's iffy. Um, okay, should... so if you coin flip both of those, you go 3-1, and one, and you come out of this stretch at 8-3? and three? Yeah. Well, I, no, I, and I know it's, it's Jets week, so um, I could, you know, even though I took minus 13, um, I really think that they could sleepwalk this game. I really do. Uh, I think there's a chance. But um, they need to get a win this week. No, no matter what it takes. I don't care if it's by one. I don't care if they win by 40. They just need to win this week. Cause this is a, this is a game where under no circumstances should the Bengals come out with a loss. It, it can't be like one of those, when the Titans play them. This, this is this. So Baker Mayfield by some miracle of God for Browns fans is five and zero against the Cincinnati Bengals or six, six no, five and zero. No, no, no. Five and one. They lost. I watched They lost in Cincy two years ago. That's right. So he's five and one, yep. five and one against the Bengals. For him, in his, he's not good. For a not good quarterback to be five and one against your franchise the last three years, that game next weekend is bigger than the Ravens game. It's bigger than the Steelers game. It's bigger than the Packers game. 
It is. Because, and this also parlays into this discussion about the Bengals having a chance to win the division. The Bengals are the only team in the division that's played division road games in the division. And they're the only team in the division that has a win in the division right now. Yes. Three. Okay. Also for tiebreaker purposes and all that, if they start three and own the division, that would be absolutely massive. One win from each team and um, they'd have two road wins. So, and, and, and I mean, let's be, let's be fair. I think the Browns are really good, but if I really do, I think their roster is good on paper They're when they're healthy, they're the best. They have the best roster in division when healthy. Oh, that is so not true. Who do you think's healthier? Who, Ravens. Who Ravens is not, not on close. paper. Not on paper. When they were both healthy last year, the Ravens absolutely made uh, silly putty out of the Browns. I'm talking non outside the quarterback. The Browns have a way better roster than the Ravens. No. On offense, they absolutely do. Okay. The Ravens have a better tight end. Right now, the Ravens have better receivers because, good God, the, the Browns have no receivers. And I, I could, give you, and I, and I and I could start for running back on the Ravens right now. I will give you that. Browns have better running backs and O line, but you're telling me that you are taking the Browns defense over the Ravens defense when healthy? No. Okay. okay. No. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. And it's I'm a not. fairly significant difference the way the Browns defense has played this year. I'm just talking on paper. Um, I agree. I agree, though. I'm just saying that I'm scared. Mike Tomlin's never gone below 500. I'm scared the Steelers are going to somehow <laughs> squeak out 10 wins and screw the Bengals. I, I, I just can't. Would that shock me? No. Am I expecting it to happen? No. But you do have a point. The football gods have some complex in which they like to see the Steelers do win, win, win things. So I will not be the least surprised when slash if that happens, but we need to get back to the Jets and we need to talk about what should be a shellacking on Sunday. Um, Prediction time. Um, The Bengals are 10 and a half point favorites. The over under is 42. Um, Let's look at what the weather is going to be on Sunday in in New York. Uh, looks pretty good. High of 63, low of 52. Any, no any, wind. No wind. Okay. Um, no rain. That, that'll make my prediction even easier. All right. I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go 34, 10 Bengals over hits Bengals cover. Uh, I am going to take the Bengals. I'm going to take the Bengals 21 to three. Okay. I think that, um, the Jets defense slows the Bengals down in the first half a little bit. And one thing we also forgot to t- mention when we were sort of doing a preview, sort of talking about the Bengals potentially being good was that the Jets have not scored a single point in the first quarter of this season. Well, just because you said that on this podcast, they're going to jump out to a quick 14 point lead uh, <laughs> on Sunday. Um, so I'm going to take the Bengals 21 to three. I think the Jets defense has enough to sort of slow them down. And I think this is a prime sleepwalk position for the Bengals as much as they don't want to admit it. Yeah. Um, so, so I could see, and especially the fact that the Bengals already do start slow, I could see them starting a little bit slow, maybe going into halftime and it's seven, nothing. 
and then in the second half just come out and I have a feeling this is one of those really boring games that if you're watching red zone you hardly see anything on red zone but it's just a game where it never really feels in doubt and sort of the Bengals just kind of kind of inch their way towards the bye week yeah I I also yeah also uh, one more thing before we kind of you know get on out of here remember we talked about the two you know the two little pinnacles of the season it was that Thursday night game against the Jags with that mini bye week and now we're inching towards that second um you know that second hill with 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 the Browns next week um if they somehow lose this game on Sunday they're 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 on the ground They, they they rolled down the mountain and and there is no really game next week there's no like pinnacle next week um so I think that winning this week is really important. Um, and you're right. I think they're going to inch their way through this. And I think it's also kind of an incentive to start out fast because then you get your guys more rest in the second half. I think that's an incentive. And I think maybe they'll push for that. Either that or they're going to do the approach that you said, and they're going to kind of inch their way through this game, kind of be a little vanilla with their play calls on offense and defense, try not to show too many things and just get out of there with a win. Yeah. It feels like a game that's going to be really quick. And by that, I mean, both teams are probably going to run the ball a ton. The Jets, for obvious reasons. And, and the Bengals, because, I mean, listen, there's no need to drop back Joe Burrow 40 times in a game against the New York Jets. So I think we see a lot of running ball, running the ball. And I think this is a very quick game. Um, and, you know, I think the Bengals just find a way to grind out three or four touchdowns. Um, maybe one of them's a defensive touchdown. And yeah. they get the job done, and it's kind of just ho-hum onto the Browns. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so with that being said, a uh, quick, quick trivia question before we um, get out of here for the, for the, for the week. Um, so the last time the Bengals went to MetLife Stadium to play the New York Jets was 2016. It was the opening weekend of 2016 going to be like three trivia questions baked into one here. Okay. I want to see if you can name me who was the Jets starting quarterback that day. Geno Smith. No. 2016. 2016. Can you give me the first initial of his last name? F. F? F. F. Like F. F, as in the grade. Oh, um, Joe Flacco. No. No, I, I, I really don't know. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay. I didn't know that. I'm stupid. He, Joe Flacco's on the Ravens then. He was 19 for 35 that day for 189 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Not terrible. Okay. All right, next, next question. Can you name me who the Jets' leading rusher and receiver was that day? It was the same player. Oh, God. Um, okay. Um, does it start, does the last name start with an F? Yeah, it does. Is it Matt Forte? It is Matt Forte. Uh, he led the team 22 carries for 96 yards and five catches for 59 yards. Last question. And I, one thing before I ask you this question, did you know who caught two catches for two passes for 59 yards that day as a Bengals tight end? Uh, I was floored when I saw this. I have no idea. CJ Uzoma. Really? He, 
he was the tight end on the 2016 Bengals. That's awesome. I did not know that. I thought he was way younger than that. Yeah. Um, anyway, last question. How many times was Andy Dalton sacked in this game? I'm going to go seven. He sacked seven times in this game. <laughs> seven uh, sacks for 42 yards. Right, Muhammad well, Wilkerson had one and a half. Leonard eight, Williams had two and a half. Steve McClendon had two. Goal Steve played for the Giants for a little bit too. Yeah. So there's your little Bengals Jets history. And guess who had the Bengals one interception that day? Drake Kirkpatrick, baby. Josh Shaw. Oh, hey, uh, gambling Josh Shaw. Is that the same guy? I think it's all him and the guy that faked jumping off his balcony to save, like, his cousin or something. Okay. Um, good dude. Hey, hey big, uh, USC, uh, USC man. Josh USC, Shaw. fight on, baby. Fight on. Um, so that's the episode. Myers. Yeah, right? Uh, that's the episode Bengals Jets on Sunday at one. Uh, I know we really didn't talk that too much about the game, but the Jets are beat up um, in sort of to wrap it all up. The Bengals are healthy. The Jets are not. The Bengals are good. The Jets are not. The Bengals should win. We will see what happens on Sunday. Uh, another road trip for the Bengals. Um, this is what their sixth road game of the season already fifth. So they got yeah. three road games left after this week. And you just kind of got to keep telling yourself that uh, leaving the state of Ohio twice in the last two months of the season. Yeah. So with that, we will get on out of here uh, with a short preview episode. Bengals jets Sunday at one. Who that? Who that?